following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Our first reading this morning is from 2 Samuel, uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 1, and we're going to have a little jump in the middle. So this is 2 Samuel 6, 1. David again brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his men went to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name, the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim on the Ark. They set the Ark of God God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the Ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, tambourines, rattles, and cymbals. Now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the Ark of God. So David went to bring up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the Ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the Ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the Ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the Ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women, and all the people went to their homes. And our second reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Mark, uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 14. So that's Mark 6, 14. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah, and still others claimed, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to, because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. 
The king said to the girl, Ask for me anything you want, and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give you, up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried into the king with the request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a dish. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a dish. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's great to be with you, whether you are here in the building or watching at home. Let's pray before I begin. Father God, our lives are busy with lots of distractions, but help us to focus on you and what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. So, I went through a phase of my life when a Saturday afternoon wasn't complete without doing big fish, little fish, cardboard box at a birthday party in Coxo Club. Please tell me some of you have, have done this as well. There was one particular DJ who all the mums dreaded because of his encouragement to get the children, to get their parents to join them on the dance floor. To be fair, some tiddlywinks mums might see this as appropriate revenge for the times when I cajoled them into doing the hokey-cokey. I'm sorry. Dancing is part of life that many of us have missed in recent months, although possibly not quite as much as singing. Today's stories feature lots of drama, but I couldn't help noticing that they both feature dancing. Herod is hosting a monster knees up. They won't run out of wine at this party. Herod's high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee are all there, feasting, drinking, joking. All of a sudden, Herodias' daughter comes into the room and dances, most probably provocatively and scantily clad. It was probably a fairly seedy scene. Now you can tell that Herod was somewhat the worse for wear because of what he promises her. Ask me anything you want and I'll give it to you. Now I doubt that any parents in the room or watching at home have ever done that for their children. It would be seriously unwise. The closest I ever got to this was when a friend introduced me to the concept of love bombing and I let the boys choose what they wanted to do one particularly freezing February half term. I can confirm that going on the log flume at West Midland Safari Park in freezing February temperatures on two consecutive days, not just once, is not to be recommended. Now the girl realises that this is a big opportunity. So she asks her mum, who maybe pushed her forward to dance in the first place, what she should ask for. But her mum has a grudge, a big grudge, a deathly grudge. 
Herodias had been married to Herod's brother Philip before marrying Herod, and John the Baptist had proclaimed this unlawful. Herodias sees John as a huge threat to her power and thus wants to kill him, but has never had an opportunity up to now. Cue the request for John the Baptist's head on a platter. Now, Herod really doesn't want to kill John the Baptist, but he has made a promise in front of his esteemed dinner guests and does not want to face the humiliation of backing down. It's a grisly story. So let's contrast this story with the story of David and the bringing of the ark into Jerusalem. Now this story is also not without its own deathly drama, but the dance in this story tells a different story. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, harps, lyres, timbrels, sistrums, I like that word, and cymbals. Now we might associate David with playing the harp beautifully to help Saul sleep. But the castanets, sistrums, and cymbals would not have been sleep-inducing. A sistrum is a metallic instrument, like a giant metallic football rattle come tambourine. The cymbals wouldn't have been exactly quiet either. Now the party is interrupted by the death of Uzzah after he touched the ark when the oxen stumbled. It's interrupted for three weeks. But when the party starts again, it starts with a vengeance, like football fans who haven't been inside Stadia for months, like the giant party there will no doubt be when nightclubs are finally allowed to reopen. And David was right there in the middle of it, dancing before the Lord with all his might. And he's wearing a linen ephod, a fine priestly garment. He's not wearing royal robes because he's acknowledging who the true king is. But not everyone appreciates David's dancing. Michal, daughter of Saul, David's wife, despised him in her heart when she saw how undignified David became as he danced. But who was he dancing for? He wasn't dancing to impress his wife. He wasn't dancing to impress his armies. He wasn't dancing to impress the people of Israel. He was dancing before the Lord. Now Herod had John the Baptist killed because he didn't want to lose face. He didn't want to renege on his promise in front of his distinguished and possibly slightly inebriated guests. He was worried about what the people around him thought of him, and this had deathly consequences. But David was leaping and dancing before the Lord, before an audience of one. Now we are in the midst of the excitement of the European Championships. Is football coming home? I really hope so. It makes for a very exciting house. After months of watching football in empty stadia, it is amazing to see Wembley with 60,000 people inside, even if it is slightly gutting when your children are stuck isolating at home. And it's hard to believe that it's actually happening, but the Olympics should be starting in 12 days too. An Olympics like no other, and now spectators have been banned, although millions will be watching around the world. 
It's nearly a hundred years now since Eric Liddell said, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And to give it up would be to hold him in contempt. To win is to honor him. But there are plenty of athletes in Tokyo with that same perspective. The fabulous Shelley Ann Fraser Price, the Jamaican athlete who won the Olympic 100 meters in both 2008 and 2012, but unlike Bolt, is still competing in Tokyo as a 34-year-old mum, says, my talent is a gift from him. And I love this one. Just to be able to stand on the start line and know I am a child of God makes me feel special. Yes, all athletes want to win medals, but there are plenty of athletes out there who seek to give God the glory as they run. Back to the football. Who remembers the pictures from a couple of years ago of Liverpool's Alisson and Firmino at Firmino's baptism? Firmino's baptism video was watched 3.2 million times in one day. And he said, I give you my failures and I will give you my victories as well. And now we have Christian footballers playing for England, campaigning against racism and helping vulnerable children all at the same time. If you look at Bakayo Saka's Instagram profile, it doesn't mention Arsenal or England. It just says God's child. Now, as a 44-year-old mum, I have come to accept that my Olympic dreams are over. Although I did come 32,276, I checked, when I did the Great North Run. And I did once score a goal in the lads and dads match for Johnny's old football team, even though I am neither a lad nor a dad. But just like Firmino and Saka and the others, I can give my failures and my victories to Jesus. David leaped and danced before the Lord. Eric Liddell ran and Shelley Ann Fraser Price runs before the Lord. Rashford, Sterling and Saka play football before the Lord. Win or lose. Paul wrote, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you're studying or if you're now on summer mode trying to earn some money for the next year, do it for the glory of God. If you're drowning in nappies and washing and wondering if your house will ever be clean, do it for the glory of God. If you are simply surviving while trying to be a good neighbor to those around you, do it for the glory of God. If you are working in an office, in a church, in a school, in a hospital, in a shop, in a pub, at home, outside, on the roads, or in nature, anywhere, do it for the glory of God, whether there is money involved in your work or not. And we don't have to get it all right all the time. Coming back to dancing, God is not like Craig Revel Horwood. God is not interested in perfect performances. I think he prefers the Ed Balls approach. 
those who try but don't get hung up about their mistakes. Who are we dancing for? Who are we living for? Are we performing for those around us or for God? Now, believe me, I worry far too much about what other people think of me. I don't think I'm alone in that. There's nothing quite as awful as a parent as being stuck with a tantruming toddler or a misbehaving child when you think everyone is watching. And that fear of losing face had a role to play in John the Baptist's death. Herod couldn't back down after the offer he had made. But David didn't let the attitudes of others, even the attitude of his wife, stop him from dancing before the Lord in celebration. For many of the year six children in our congregation, hello if you're watching, this is their final week in primary school, if they are even still able to be there. My year six boy is now isolating, but hopefully we'll get two days back in school. Leaver's performances are happening online this year, if they're happening at all. They are attempting to record Isaacs via Zoom next week. So, the inevitable parental weeping can happen in private. I swear, the people who write these productions write songs deliberately to make mums weep. It's cruel. I'm already dreading this year's performance. A friend's boy has been cast as COVID-19. So there will be plenty of opportunity for weeping, no doubt. Two years ago, two songs got me. It Isn't Easy Being a Kid was one of them. Looking at the lyrics to that one this week set me off all over again. It really hasn't been easy being a kid over the last 16 months. But the real tearjerker was dance like no one is watching, sing like no one can hear. Verse 2 started, yes, there'll be mountains they say you can't climb, but the tallest of mountains can crumble in time. Seriously, all I had to do was look at the words again this week and I turned to mush. It's been a difficult week. Now for us as Christians, it's not totally about dancing like no one is watching and singing like no one can hear. But it is about dancing, singing and living, knowing that God is watching and not worrying about the rest of the audience. Much easier said than done. The Pharisees are described as loving human praise more than praise from God. And we get caught in the same trap. In just a minute, we are going to hear. If you're watching at home, you can even join in and sing, Jesus, be the centre. Who are we dancing for? Who are we living for? Whose praise are we seeking? Jesus. Be the fire in my heart. Be the wind in these sails. Be the reason that I live. Amen.
Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.